It's World Mental Health Day today. It's the 10th of October 2022 and it's 11 months since I found out that I'm autistic. I was burned out when I found out that I'm autistic and I had been quite intensively burned out for a few months and it wasn't my first time. Over the past few years, I had been burning out a couple of times a year, but was also starting to realise that I had been continuously burned out or on the edge of burnout for so many years that I couldn't really identify a time when I had felt not burned out. It was quite a mystery to me then why this was my experience, but it's all starting to piece together now because one of the first things that I encountered when I started researching autism is actually the concept of autistic burnout. I've been trying to put together and articulate what it feels like to have autistic burnout because of course there's regular burnout as well lots of people experience burnout there's also a form of burnout that affects people when they have unboundaried relationships or a lack of boundaries with their responsibilities and their work and that can often be as a result of trauma early in life or all through life. So it's not obvious really what aspects are specific to being autistic. So I've, I've really been thinking about it. But I think if I work backwards from what, of the, what some of the burnout experiences actually feel like, it can help, I think, piece together um, what the origins of it are. So when I'm in kind of you know crisis that's how it feels when I'm in that crisis burnout phase some of the key experiences I had um, were mysterious to me and I could observe that I was doing them or that they were happening to me and these were not things I'd heard anyone else describing when they were describing being burned out or describing being very exhausted and of course people don't tell you everything so you don't necessarily know but I I sensed that there were some things that affected me that didn't seem really common um, or really typical um, in a lot of other people. So one of the things that I noticed that I was doing during that real kind of crisis time and I'm, I'm thinking specifically about summer 2020 one was I was obsessively rehearsing conversations I was really struggling at the time to put in place what I now understand are kind of healthy boundaries in all kinds of relationships family relationships professional relationships and it meant that I was having quite um, 
quite challenging experiences where I knew that I had to instigate some kind of change. I knew that I had to communicate my own experience, my own requirements, my own expectations, my own understanding of what was my role and what wasn't my role and what was someone else's role. And again, in all types of relationships. But I I clearly didn't feel that I had the tools or the language or the communication abilities to navigate through those conversations and to be understood and not to trigger or feeling like I was going to trigger responses in other people that I wouldn't know how to handle. I felt like I couldn't prepare enough for the kinds of conversations that I wanted to have which were new to me because they were so unpredictable and so I found myself scripting, rehearsing, imagining all of these conversations in all of the possible permutations that they could take and literally felt panicky if I didn't have a notepad and pen with me at all times so that I could script down a version of the conversation and how it might go as it popped into my head or, or to be able to note down some kind of script as it popped into my head and so it was on my mind all the time including night including when I was on holiday with my husband including if I was spending time with friends or family I would be absolutely obsessing all the time another aspect that was very obvious to me that was related to communicating was also how difficult I was finding it to literally speak. My levels of what I now know were overwhelm were so strong that I I often couldn't muster up spoken word and I had thoughts in my mind it wasn't that I couldn't find the word I could I could hear the thoughts in my mind I I had an inner monologue all the time an absolutely incessant inner monologue at that it was bringing the thought and specifically bringing the version of the thought that I wanted to communicate externally to myself to the external environment, to the people in the external environment. I couldn't find that version of it. And I was obsessively worried that I would miscommunicate, that it wouldn't exactly reflect the thoughts that I was having and what I wanted to say. But also there were just so many scenarios in the workplace or at home even where I just simply couldn't form words with my mouth and say them out loud. Sometimes it would be a stutter, a physical stutter. Sometimes the words just wouldn't come at all. And I would feel really confused 
really embarrassed, ashamed, frustrated, and just like I wanted to hide because it was, it was so confusing for other people waiting for me to speak and, and nothing coming forth. I also had an awful lot of trouble making any kind of decision or responding to any situation that was in any way new and that I didn't have a ready-made decision or solution for that exact scenario. It meant that I became heavily reliant on sameness. Same foods at the same time every day. Same clothing, obviously clean clothes. Well, not obviously actually, but I, I've, I tend to feel uncomfortable in clothes that aren't clean. So I, I've always managed to actually keep fairly well on top of laundry, but the same type of clothes every day. The same type of drink when I wake up in the morning, the same type of drink in the afternoon, being in the same place. So actually a lot of this was going on for me when we were still very much in the being home based and working from home. And one of the weirdest experiences for me was going on holiday during this burnout phase and the experiences that I was having particularly at work in the lead up to going on this holiday including having made some mistakes because I had misunderstood expectations that had been set out to me I had misunderstood requirements which is which is a fairly a fairly common experience for me actually is is misunderstanding not having the confidence to ask all of the clarifying questions that I need to and then misunderstanding and then making a mistake or dropping a ball so that had happened I had dropped quite an important ball a couple actually before going on this holiday I was having all of these difficulties with trying to put boundaries in place and trying to communicate new things to people feeling really ill-equipped to do that and then my husband and I went to the south of France on what absolutely could have been and should have been the most blissful, perfect holiday ever. But I really struggled to be there. I was really struggling with the unfamiliarity of the apartment. I was struggling with feeling disorientated about where the coastline was and in what direction was the sea which I find unsettling. I, I need to know if I'm on the edge of a landmass and, and and where the sea is and where that that huge uncharted terrain out there where that is. I was struggling with not having access to the things that I have in my home in terms of food and drink and my usual routine and that was really difficult that was really overwhelming and what I found was that I had total decision fatigue so if I was asked did I want 
tea or coffee in the morning by my lovely partner who was offering me a drink in the morning because it wasn't the same tea or coffee with the same you know boiling apparatus and uh cups and spoons and sugar there were just there were so many factors that I would have had to picture and run through to determine what was what was the answer to that question um and at the time as well I was also I'd have to weigh up in that well what if the milk is really quite different because milk is different in France and how strong is the coffee and how much caffeine do I want to have and basically I, I couldn't I couldn't I couldn't answer the question and it would make me panicky and it would make me cry and I remembered actually that I used to be like that a lot in my teens um I remember being asked really simple things do you want this or do you want that what do you want to eat for dinner and I would cry I would often start crying and I never knew why this is all very tiring this kind of obsessive rehearsal, which I was doing all the way through that holiday as well. The shame of having dropped balls. The shame of feeling unable to have normal adult conversations, which are part of my responsibilities as an adult in my, in my life. My shame at not being able to make very simple decisions my guilt at ruining a holiday because I was crying all the time and obsessing all the time and didn't want anything and didn't like anything and I was in Provence of all places and I just I just actually wanted to be at home I wanted to be at home um which was very sad because my husband had organised the whole thing and again I had loads of shame about that because I had done nothing, nothing to organise any of it and I'd almost completely forgotten to do my NHS passport with the Covid pass thingy and I felt like an idiot for having almost made it impossible for us to come on this trip by forgetting to do that. I just felt completely useless and completely, completely exhausted. But I was observing these types of things that I'm describing as well, none of which made sense. They weren't just tiredness and I couldn't resolve these things through just resting. That level of overwhelm is the kind of thing that for autistic people typically is going to make us more susceptible and more vulnerable to having an autistic meltdown. Now, I used to not know what was going on for me when I had an autistic meltdown. I assumed it was a panic attack, even though I had read about panic attacks and thought, well, none of the things on the list for panic attacks are what I'm experiencing. I don't feel like I'm having a heart attack. I'm not hyperventilating. But what on earth else could it be? So I also had two 
really huge meltdowns on this holiday and I've had them before many times and sometimes often I have been able to force them down so deep inside myself that the level of distress is the same absolutely the same but it's hidden largely from the external world so people around me can't really see what I'm experiencing and that has always been because well what what the hell is this thing I'm experiencing I'm somewhere where this absolutely can't happen I'm somewhere I don't feel safe with people who don't know me well enough and so it would leak out it would leak out in the form usually of tearfulness um, or it would leak out in extreme irritability or inability to interact at all but having a full autistic meltdown before you know what it is is an extremely confusing experience and I had two of them on this holiday and the hardest thing about having a meltdown as well is not being able to explain to people in the moment what's happening and if you don't even know what's happening it's double worse because you you don't have a strategy you can't remove yourself from the situation safely and you can't explain to anyone why what you need so you can't ask for help meltdowns are a fact of autistic life at any given time really if i'm even mildly tired or in an un an unfamiliar space or with unfamiliar people or an unfamiliar circumstance i can have an, an autistic burnout sorry i can have an autistic meltdown but in a state of burnout the meltdowns from my experience are really big and really absolutely unhideable i think that's that's what differentiates them that i absolutely would not in a state of burnout be able to hide or suppress a meltdown and i'm really keen to talk about meltdowns in a lot more specific detail including total reframing of them now that i know i'm autistic and my strategies around having them but I'm going to cover that in a different episode but I think what I'm really trying to say is here burnout makes you extremely susceptible to having meltdowns because you're just at the end of your capability completely with the sheer exhaustion and overwhelm and when they happen you probably don't have or I don't have the capacity or the inner resource to keep a lid on them so they're big so what happens then is from my experience being in a state of burnout experiencing all of this stuff whilst trying to carry on your day-to-day -day life because it's not usually an option to take time out so what do you do what do you do to cope day-to-day -day? well my conclusion is that's when that's when I start relying really heavily on control and sameness 
And if I can't have control and sameness of my environment or what I'm going to have to deal with in terms of interactions with other people, then I will resort to withdrawal because it's too difficult to navigate. It's too tiring. It's too overwhelming. So there's an impact of all of these experiences on physical health and on mental health, which aren't really different, but obviously they manifest differently. So when I'm going through all of this stuff, which was so much worse before I knew that I was autistic, the mental health was just completely decimated. All of this was traumatic. So my anxiety levels were through the roof all the time. But I was also very, very, very low. It was a really dark place to be experiencing all this stuff and not know why. Which is why I genuinely feel that although autistic people who know they're autistic are susceptible to mental health problems, people who don't know they're autistic are extremely vulnerable to very significant mental health problems and day-to-day trauma because we have no knowledge, no strategies, no ways to protect ourselves, no understanding that actually some of these things add up to a form of disability, no understanding of adjustments that we need to put in place for ourselves or ask other people for, no way of giving ourselves slack or forgiving ourselves or accepting ourselves for all the things that we find impossible to do that anyone would expect any adult to do, surely? No, clearly not. Physical health also takes a bit of a blow. When your mental health is that bad, of course your sleep is affected. Um, And for me, my big tell physically that I'm in a really poor way is whatever it is that triggers my arthritis kicks in. So if I wake up each morning with arthritic hands that are all crackly and I can barely move them, that's my body screaming to me that I'm burned out and exhausted. And that was all going on during that time as well. So this is kind of what I've been piecing together about what burnout feels like. After I found out that I am autistic, just two months after this specific holiday scenario that I'm setting out, I realised immediately that I now have the opportunity to take care of myself and recognise some of these coping mechanisms and recognise the signs in such a way that I actually hope to prevent ever experiencing burnout like that ever again. And I might have to make quite significant decisions about my life. Um, And I have, actually, I, I have. And in fact, it made it easier immediately upon realising that I'm autistic and need to protect myself to put those boundaries in place and have those conversations with other people. Conversations that I never in a million years thought I'd be capable of having. I had 
a motivation like I'd never had before to trust myself and to trust that I could have those conversations and none of them were easy and I did still have to script some of it out and I did have to think very carefully about how I was comfortable communicating and I did lots of work actually I did lots of work coming out of that burnout to invest in my own ability to speak my truth um I literally went to find my voice by going to singing lessons for a while it was experimental I had no idea whether it would make any difference whatsoever but I thought I'm just going to try anything that's going to help me connect to my inner truth and connect to my voice literally so that I can be more confident even if my communication's a bit wonky even if I'm stuttering and finding it difficult to talk that I can at least feel confident about what it is I need to communicate to somebody from the heart and and let go let go of whether they're going to misunderstand me or not because I can't control that and let go of the fact that they might have a response that I haven't been able to predict now that's really hard for anyone but it's really hard for an autistic person so I really really congratulated myself when I managed to have some of these new conversations I prepared for them carefully I rested afterwards I knew that they were a big deal but I also knew that there was no way forward without trying because I was never going to be able to protect myself from burnout or protect my mental health in the future if I didn't boundary so it's all a bit of a jumble in terms of what the kind of the causal factors for some of these things are because as I say trauma trauma affects non-autistic people as well and therefore burnout might manifest in similar ways where people don't have boundaries but there are some real specifics around the autistic burnout experience and strategies that autistic people need to put in place for themselves and I'm still working on that um but my general state of physical health mental health and where I am in relation to burnout is vastly improved over the last 11 months vastly and that's why I'm talking about autism and that's why people need to know they're autistic and uh, World Mental Health Day seems a really good time to do that. So I hope that was interesting and helpful. I'd be really interested to hear anything from your perspective or any questions. So do email me if you want to at autistic at 40 at outlook.com or find the autistic at 40 Instagram account. I'd love to hear from you. All right, everyone. Take care. Bye-bye.